0: best time of year to have a job that requires a commute like that but let's keep him in prayer let's remember to keep brother jester and sister jester in prayer as well amen tonight we're privileged to have brother and sister schoonover with us and we are going to get to hear from sister schoonover tonight I encourage you, open your spirit. As Elder Hart likes to say, listen with your spirit. I believe the Lord will speak to us and minister tonight. Amen. Sister Schoonover.
1: Thank you. It's a beautiful day. Even though it's still snowing, it's snowing. Can you believe this? I can't believe this either. I know it's the farmers rejoice at the water supply. And um God is good. I yeah, I go pretty I'm I'm pretty content most of the time and I've been content with the snow. And I've I was over here for a couple of weeks, but last weekend when I traveled to Puyallup and I saw grass. I saw green grass. And what it did to me, I realized how much I'm done with the snow. It was like only in the fifties over there and it felt like spring. So, and I came back, and it's still snowing, and I'm, okay, God, I'm thankful. So, um, I was reading the scripture not too long ago, and I came across a scripture that said they were, um, it was in the Gospels. They were referring to Jesus, and they said, even his brothers did not believe and it got me going down a road of um, who Jesus' brothers were. You all know Jesus had brothers. Did you know Jesus had sisters? He had sisters. And I'm going to start out by reading, just confirming that. Um, uh, where is it? In uh, Mark chapter 6. Nope. Wait. I think it's Mark. really appreciate you being here tonight. My husband did a couple errands today, and every time he went out, he said the roads were pretty slick. So God bless you, and may the Lord's hand be on you as you travel. Jesus had been doing some uh, traveling the land, and there'd been a number of uh, healings take place. He had uh, already uh, talked about the mustard seed. He had already calmed the wind and the waves. He had restored uh, life um, to a woman and healed her. And Jesus was went back into Nazareth where he was born. And I, I'm going to start chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? They had heard about the, the miracles that were taking place. Verse 3, Is, not, is this not the carpenter? They knew him. This was Jesus's hometown. Excuse me. I'm this. What I have is new King James. I'll read up there. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and that would be Joseph and of of Judah and of Simon. So there's four brothers, James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us and they were offended at him so they're they're talking about Jesus is not this the carpenter the man that just built uncle frank's house i've watched him grow up and they say he's doing all these miracles and he's speaking all of these things in the synagogue I know his brother, James, Joseph, Simon. I know even his sisters. And they were offended. Even though there was wisdom, there was healing, they were offended. Verse 4, Jesus said unto them, A prophet is without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty things there except that he laid hands on a few sick people, and healed them. So Jesus had brothers. One of them was his brother, James. That just so happens to be James, the author of the book of James. And I know you already know that. But the book of James, we're going to go to it in a minute. But James, um, there's a couple places he's mentioned throughout the Gospels. Um, in the gospels, James is mentioned, um, in John chapter seven, let's go there. Verses two through five, I'll start at verse one. After these things, Jesus walked into Galilee for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews feast of the Tabernacle was at hand. His brothers, therefore, said to him, depart from here, Jesus, and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. And that's what caught me one day when I was reading Even his brothers did not believe in him. Now, the people in Nazareth, they recognized this man and they said, this is the carpenter. I know this guy, this kid. He's the carpenter. And his brother is James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon. And he even has sisters. And then you go on in the Gospels a little bit later. And it says, even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus was already walking, doing miracles, Uh, a man, God in flesh, walking among us, a virgin birth. I'm sure that his mother had already shared Jesus's calling with his sons, with her sons, with her children. You don't just have a angel appear to you and then have a virgin birth and know that he is called to do a mighty work of God and the brothers and the sisters not know about it. But yet there was too much familiarity. The scripture says, neither did his brethren believe in him. They still knew they still operated a little bit in the flesh. That's like, Caleb, that's my son-in-law. Oh, yeah. I know his shirt size. I'm his mother-in-law. I buy him Christmas presents. Or you, or you, or you, or you. But the anointing, you stand up, and the anointing comes on you, and the unction of the Holy Ghost, and there's no doubt it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of God. But I say to myself sometimes, Lord, help me. I submit to the bishop, the bishop who is my husband, the bishop whose shirts I iron, the bishop whose socks that have holes in them, I throw away. And every once in a while, it will come on me and he'll be ministering and I'll be looking at him and thanking Larry. Larry, you're sharing the story because this happened and you're trying to get me to listen. Every once in a while, my flesh will come up. And what do I do? I think, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. How can I think that way? How can I not receive knowing the anointing and the unction of God is upon him? Even Jesus's brethren did not believe at a certain point in their walk. But yet, if you look on throughout the Gospels... James became one of the early witnesses of the resurrection. I typed that out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 4 through 7. He was buried. I'm going to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So it's talking about uh, the risen Christ, starting at verse 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep. And after, the, after that, he was seen by James. And then all of the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time, and this is Paul writing the letter to the book of uh, to the church in Corinth, so for some reason, they pointed out they have they mentioned James's name James was. Uh, part of the resurrection of Christ, he saw him not long after he was resurrected. I just wonder if that kind of made his faith grow a little bit. I would think a lot. James then stayed in Jerusalem and was part of the prayer group in the upper room when the Holy Ghost was poured out. Later on in Acts chapter 15, James was an elder of part of the council that that convened in that group, the council of elders in Acts chapter 15. James was a part of that. Later on in the book of of, uh, Galatians, James is referred to as an elder in the church, and he's actually called a pillar. So just from the beginning, the gospels, he was known as, I know you, you're part of Jesus's brother, some of his brothers, and he even has sister. And then further on in the gospel, he's a brother that doesn't believe. And then later, he's a brother that that gets to be a witness and understand that Jesus, who was his brother, who he ate the same porridge with, who he probably learned how to write with. Uh, probably shared clothes with, I don't know, was in fact crucified in the grave for three days and resurrected. And he was witness to that, the same James. After that, he was part of the group that met in Acts and in the prayer room when the Holy Ghost came. After that, he was on the council of elders, As they started to organize the church. After that, he's called a pillar in the church. You mean me who has faith, who can have faith? I can actually grow in the Lord? I can start back here by not understanding and quite believing in the process we're going through? Feeling guilty that I'm not totally on board. Not sure about all of these changes, but wait a minute, I know these people, but wait a minute, why can't it all happen like this? But wait a minute, why can't our church just be traditional and always have the same schedule and always do the same thing and be a little bit calmer like the other churches? It goes against my flesh. I don't understand It's a process. It's a process. And if we are patient and willing to stay on the journey, God will take us just like the story we see about James. Taking a good look at the process of James and then going to the book that was God ordained, God penned from the writer of James. It will be no surprise To start out, James 1, verse 1. James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have easily introduced himself as James, the brother of Jesus. James, I know Jesus. You want to know anything about him? We slept in the same room. I grew up beside him. We have the same mother. We have the same father. Well, his father's not exactly like my father. It's a little bit different. But yeah, Jesus is my brother. No, he says, James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Verse two, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Can you just see and maybe have a better understanding? Do you think James learned a little bit of patience? James, the brother of Jesus. Jesus who was mocked. Jesus who the city, their hometown, they didn't believe in him. The brother who saw all of these things happened and still was like, I may be his brother, but I quite don't believe. And went through the process until the faith has grown. With growth, there is always an uncomfortableness. Growth is never easy. Growth will come against my grain. In order for me to grow, I have to completely die out every day. Yes, Jesus is my brother, said James, but God, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to trust in you and I'm just going to stay on the journey. And he took him down that journey. And that's really all I have to say today is I was reading the Bible one day and I saw, what do you mean? His brothers didn't believe and his brothers didn't believe. How can they not believe? And there's something about a testimony. There's something about the resurrection. They had heard testimonies, but they finally saw with their own eyes, not just their brother, but the man that was raised from the dead. There's something about a testimony. You can say all you want of the gospels, share the good news of Christ. But when people of the world see for the first time the person that was raised from the dead, for me, it was the person that was once did all of these ungodly, things who I'm not doing it anymore. It's a testimony. It's complete deliverance. And that itself is the building of faith. And so I just wonder. I just wonder if we could remember that when we can't understand with our physical eyes, when we know the people When we've watched the people grow up, when we wish things will be done a certain way because it's always done this way, when it was the person on the back pew that has, you know, tats all over and piercings all over and they come to Christ and they get up and they take the microphone and the anointing is on them and God's unction is on them, can we receive can we receive? And I, that is my, my thought today. God taught me through this lesson and these scriptures. And um, I pray that I can always listen and not judge with my, my earthly eyes and with my understanding. Because my understanding goes against spiritual things. My flesh Fights and wars against spiritual things. The only way I can continue forward is to stay on the process. It'll grind. It'll hurt. It'll make me uncomfortable. But as I stay on the process, I'll look back and say, I was the one that didn't even believe. And God will do great things and receive all the glory. God bless you.
0: Amen. Raise your hand if you were here on Sunday. Most everybody except these two. On Sunday, I read out of Luke that same passage where Jesus is in the synagogue in his hometown. And the word that stuck out to me tonight in in thinking about this is the word perspective. Because James is a perfect example of someone who had a certain perspective at one point, but then it changed. And that's where we think about, as Sister Schoonover said, in my flesh, it's easy to see what I think is X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. This is just a guy. This is just the brother. The brother from another father. This is, this is, this is someone who shouldn't be in the position that he's claiming that he's in. And as it, as it says there in Mark as well, Jesus response to that. I, I believe it's him picking up on their perspective, their feelings towards him as the as the human, as the man, when he says the prophet is not without honor except in his own town. Now a little bit of English uh For the sake of understanding that phrase more clearly, I learned this a long time ago. When there's a double negative, you get to take out both negatives, and it still makes sense. So he says a prophet is not without honor. Take out both not and without, and you get with, and it still makes sense. The prophet is with honor except in his hometown. So as we uh, this is not a repeat of Sunday okay but as we see the perspective of someone that says oh I don't know this guy I've never seen him before I just know that he can do miracles that's a perspective that's entirely different than when did this guy start doing miracles cuz I know him I I I mean I put the time frame on it. Last week, last year, we went fishing together last month, and he didn't say anything about miracles. You know, he he he. We had him over for dinner with the rest of the of the family, and I mean, he was just sitting there eating like a normal person. That's the perspective of the individual, and that, that's the perspective of the hometown. I'll just—I'll be honest with you. When I—I I can't think about this passage without thinking of it personally, as it relates to me. I'm not from here. I'm, Lord willing, I will be approaching the time when I've lived in Washington. As long as I lived in Tennessee/slash Mississippi, <laughs> but um, I'll never forget the first time after being married living in Washington, that we traveled back to Memphis. And in the church there, um, the pastor just said, hey, uh, it's good to have the flowers here. Um, Caleb, why don't you stand up and say a few words? And just from my seat there, I stood up, I greeted everybody. And um, after service, my friends came to me and said, when did you pick up a northern accent? You, start, you sound like a northerner. And, uh, yeah, I was just thinking, I, I feel like this is the way I've always talked. You know, I, did, I probably just didn't say y'all, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, if, if you want to think about. But, I mean, to me, when I go back to my hometown, I'm, just, I'm Danny and Sheila's son. I'm Kyle's brother. I am and I don't I don't regret any of that. It's it I'm thankful for that life that I got to have, but the things the, the things in my journey, my personal journey from 2005, the year that I got married and moved to Washington, to now, nobody except my wife has been with me every day, every step of that process. This is why, I mean, it makes sense if you stop and think about when the scripture says the two shall become one flesh. That's, that's the only person that knows me from 2005 to 2019. And so I, I get into a room with other people who you, yeah, we knew Caleb as this. He was the uh, whatever, he was the guy who loved to play basketball all the time. So, yeah, he's just, we see Caleb, and we think of Caleb, the basketball player. Or we see uh, Caleb, and we think of Caleb, the guy that tells jokes all the time. And, yeah, I still like to do all those things. But when I, when I transition, then there's a, there's a perspective that if you're just looking on the natural and the things that you know, you miss it all together. And they say, "Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't that?" I'm telling you, this is the Lord is trying to speak to us about something here, and it's how we view not just Jesus, but all the things that are of His Spirit. And when I say that we we have a Spirit, and our Spirit, when we receive the Holy Ghost, and we're quickened as the bible says we become alive to certain things that we were not alive to previously this is why if you if you if you try i'm going to be careful here if you if you put yourself in a setting where 99% of the people in the room have received the holy ghost bible studies for example or church whatever it is And then you've got a small segment, maybe one individual, maybe a couple of people that, you know, they've never received the Holy Ghost evidence and speaking in tongues. Then what you're saying, if you're if you're talking about spiritual principles, spiritual concepts and spiritual ministry taking place, it's like there's just a veil there on the individual or individuals. And, and I mean, a lot of times you just think, well, we we'll let the Lord deal with that. That's, you know, it's good that they're here. It's good that they're still hearing these things. And, you know, we'll trust that the Lord can deal with that in his time. But what we're really talking about is a perspective that's different. It's a natural perspective. And the only way to explain that is you just have to have the Spirit help you when we say that we uh, I mean you need to get the Holy Ghost because you get the Holy Ghost to help you. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. It's going to change your perspective. I mean, the Bible is still there. We think when I think Bible and I when I think truth and I get the picture of the Bible in my mind. Okay, it's still there. It's whether you got the Holy Ghost or not. You still got a Bible. You can you can go and buy it at the store. Whether you got the Holy Ghost or not, right? But in that Bible, there are spiritual concepts and spiritual principles that only make sense when you have the Holy Ghost leading you and guiding you into that truth. Otherwise, you can read that passage a thousand times and miss it completely. First Corinthians chapter two, verse twelve. First Corinthians two and twelve. Now we have received. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned that's what it that's what it is and that in that setting in the synagogue that day it was men not discerning who Jesus was and yeah it's it's a it's a it's easier to i don't know this guy before never seen him before i mean we could we Bishop could invite someone to speak from another part of the country, another part of the world. We don't know them from Adam. We just know he's got Bishop's approval. And man, let's get behind him 100%. Because he's here. He's got an appointed time. He's here to deliver the word of God. And spiritual ministry is going to take place. But if Bishop just randomly goes and decides, I'm going to give Brother Juan Carlos the microphone today. Automatically, this is nothing against him. This is anybody in the room. We start to think, uh-huh, and where was he last Sunday? Hmm? Or where where that's that's our flesh. That's see I we don't know if the, the visiting preacher was in church last Sunday or not. We don't know. But but we just totally skip over that. That that element is not there because of our perspective. On Sunday, we, we, the word that we talked about a lot was a prophet. Someone who delivers a message from God. And Jesus says the prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. The problem is you judge the word of God by the, by the vessel that you receive it from. Not is still talking about spiritually discerning things. And I know I've it's been said many times, God can speak through anyone, He can use anyone to speak into your life at any time. But if you're if you're not spiritually discerning it, you're gonna look on the vessel and say, That can't be from God. That's no, no, no way. Nope. That's not a prophet. That's not what a prophet looks like. They haven't done, you know, 50 years of uh, seminary, whatever it takes to be a prophet. Because we we just, we elevate, we think of that term and we elevate it to a degree that it's unattainable. That's what Jesus was saying. A prophet is not without... It. And when we talked about on Sunday, not without honor, it means he's not accepted in his hometown. I'm going to turn this over to Bishop now. I'll take that for a minute or two.
2: My, my perspective must be tainted. Uh <clears throat> I, I don't think I, I, I see familiarity as a stumbling block. In other words, I am looking and watching spiritually. I am discerning, waiting to see upon people the calling of God, the the unction of the Holy Ghost, the an inspiration that marks my spirit as something more than just giving a moment to say something. I'll give you a for instance. I was in Kent one afternoon, and there's a young lady, (laughs) Darlene Laksamana. There's a young lady who is going to sing a song with others... And she's always on the piano playing and involved in the worship team, and that was expected, and that was kind of an every week thing practically. But this particular day, she she took the mic and just before she sang, she said, "I want to read a scripture." And when she said that, there was an anointing that came upon her that I had not witnessed. She opened the Bible, began to read a scripture, and there was a flow of ministry. That went out through the congregation before they sang the song. And I thought, where did that come from? And so I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm watching. I'm listening. A few weeks down the road. I said, I'd like to, I'd like to have her speak, take some time, 10 minutes. I think I said, take 10 minutes. No more than three scriptures, you know, uh, before, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I think Brother Heiner had come down that day. But anyway, she preached that place under conviction. I think she's 19 or 20 years old. She had never done anything like that before and i thought to myself now that's what i want to see now here's what i here's what i realized or at least i i felt like i uh observed or recognized because there was a need she was put into a place to do something <laughs> i'm not so sure that's her calling you follow me and so Anyway, I'm, I'm always on the lookout. I'm always watching and I'm never surprised. I don't think about what I see come upon the lives of people, individuals, and I don't care whose child, son, brother, sister, they are the, the promise of the the word of God was that our sons and our daughters would prophesy the spirit of God would come upon the following generations. And manifest a spirit of ministry. Okay. So I, I'm always on the lookout. And uh, uh, specifically, I have watched Joey, Autumn, and Ethan. I'm always watching. I'm always listening. Whenever they're called upon to do something. N- not just be for the sake of the Levitical priesthood and the Old Testament Scripture. It's, it's the promise of the New Testament promise that your sons and your daughters would prophesy. Yeah. All right. Now, that's, that's not inclusive or exclusive. It's just that I have witnessed this over and over again upon the lives of various people. Anyway, discernment is the key word. To spiritually discern. When we are alive unto God, we will spiritually discern. You'll see it. You'll recognize it. It's not something that you turn on or you turn off or you activate. You're either alive unto God and you will discern. Sometimes you'll discern things wrong. Hey, there's something wrong with that. Just as much as there may be something right. Okay? Discernment is very important for all of us. Praise God.
0: Why don't we stand and pray? Lord Jesus, we're desiring your wisdom and your discernment, your spirit. Lord, we need the wisdom of your spirit, the guiding of your spirit. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing over our eyes, Lord Jesus. I pray a fresh anointing over our spirit, Lord God. Jesus, that we would see things with your understanding. God, the eyes of our understanding, let them be enlightened. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hatayekas hatahaya. He and all mahakaya, haye and all amahaka ya iyo roma sata haye ekesha ye ye andala mahakathaye andala lasata God, i wanna see with your eyes jesus i need your wisdom imparted into me why don't you take him in and ask the Lord for wisdom? It's scriptural to ask the Lord for wisdom. Jesus, I pray right now. God, your word says you give wisdom to those who ask for it. God, in your word brings understanding. Jesus, I pray, let our wisdom be increased tonight. Our faith be increased tonight. Lord, we receive it and we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every eye closed for a moment. Just let the Lord talk to you about your place in the journey right now, your journey specifically, you know, the points where you've started the points he's taken you to, to this point, Jesus, every step of a righteous man is ordered and ordained by you. I thank you for wisdom, Lord Jesus. I thank you for discernment, Lord God. I want to heed your word, Lord Jesus, when you speak it to me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. While you're still standing, the Lord's brought this scripture to my mind. We've been doing Bible reading and I have to confess I'm still in Exodus in some parts of it. But there's a certain spot where the Lord tells Moses, tell the people to gather at the base of this mountain, and tomorrow they will see my glory. The Lord wanted the children of Israel to know that it was him talking to Moses. Moses wasn't just going up there and making stuff up or whatever. Tell them tomorrow... I am going to appear. They will see my glory, the light of my glory. So Moses tells them, and they do what they're supposed to do. They go and they gather. As soon as they see it, that's enough for me. Okay. That's enough for me. I don't want to, I can't handle this. Too much, too bright, too much truth, too much light, whatever it was. They immediately told Moses, We don't want to see this again. Now, my mind thinks. So everything was great from that point forward, right? (laughs) No. See, I don't I don't want to just catch glimpses of the glory of God and think, okay, that's enough for me for now. I'm going to cut, cut off that vision because it's too powerful. It's too bright, whatever it is. Uh, I don't remember how much longer it was, but it wasn't much longer until they were questioning Moses again. And Moses says, you're really not questioning me. You're questioning God every time you bring this on. But that see, that's how willing God is to let us know that he is who he is. You want to see Signs, wonders, miracles, I'll show you. But we still have to check what is our perspective. Spiritual discernment. That's what we need. Let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spirit that's here. We thank you, O God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for calling us into your kingdom, God, for illuminating these spiritual things into us. Lord, we don't take them lightly. Lord, every time we see a glimpse of your glory or every time we hear your voice, Lord, help us to know that this is from you. This is your spirit, your truth. God, let it guide us. Let it be our guide. Let it be our guide, Lord Jesus, that our faith would be increased in you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just thank the Lord for what he's done here tonight? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to challenge you between now and Sunday, let the Lord illuminate things or people to you to pray about that's one of the easiest things we should be doing all the time giving ourselves in prayer and then waiting upon the lord for who or what we're supposed to be praying about and that's when you do it and when he puts that into your spirit to pray for you know i i can remember times where without i wasn't i wasn't seeking it i wasn't thinking Oh, I'm so bored in prayer. I need something to pray. No, I wasn't even trying that. But the Lord all of a sudden prompted me. Individuals, pray for them right now. And I don't know that maybe that did more for me than it did my prayer accomplished for them. Because it helped me to know how God prompts. So I challenge you, between now and Sunday, let your spirit be open to that. And you'll also get to use this spiritual discernment we're talking about tonight. Lord, that is you wanting me to pray for this individual or this situation. Amen. Amen. Why don't you greet one another as you're dismissed. In Jesus' name.